Hey everybody, it's Dan, Binder Boneyard, uh, coming at you from the Parts Cavern NOS pile. Uh, really getting full in here. That load of stuff that I brought back from the uh, old man in Idaho uh, on our nationals trip. If you saw that on Instagram, um, yeah, that's he gave me a lot of stuff and I got to go back for a lot more stuff. So the uh, Parts Cavern slash dog kennel bathroom break room uh is is really filling up so um yeah so yeah thank you for tuning in uh appreciate the support you guys keep giving the feedback is great um i uh sorry if i if i thank everybody too much every time um i i just can't ever feel like you can be grateful enough um always show gratitude, always show thanks, be grateful. Um, nobody likes a, a selfish jerk, you know, nobody likes it when you take credit for everything. And, uh, I try really hard not to let that happen. I know social media can make it look like, you know, when I say, Oh, we're doing great or, Oh, this it's hard. You know, people don't get credit for their work. Um, so I try really hard. Um, you know, to tag my guys and post that where they're working hard or, you know, make sure everyone knows that it's not me that's running this pirate ship. It's the, it's everybody, you know, Tom, AKA backbone. Um, you know, if it weren't for him, it's just so much stuff gets done, you know, from him. He's just an animal and I love him to death. Um, you know, and now Jamie's back again. Um, thank God, she's doing uh, book work and and eBay sales and packing and shipping and and everything. So, you guys buying stuff on eBay? Ninety uh, percent of what you see, uh, she has her hands on. So, um, you know, you can be thankful for that. Um, so yeah, I, I still need to get another welder or helper or something out there because there's so much work that we're just fighting through, um, trying to get it done in a timely manner. And I've taken some calls on some really big jobs coming up. I'm waiting for some, you know, okays on some emails. And, and if that happens, then I will definitely need another if not two other people so anyway things are very good at the boneyard i really appreciate you guys everybody um spreading the word share the word the the likes the reviews everything um just super grateful for you guys um one thing that i am <laughs> was thinking about uh earlier today if you saw on instagram uh, i was ranting about jerk offs on facebook uh, giving advice about something they know nothing of um, and just spewing off general misinformation because they're assholes. Um, some guy with a Scout 80 had a canister type oil filter. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, it's a big black. It's big. It's like the size of a coffee can just about. And um, he took the big bolt out and the can stayed stuck on, which happens. They're old. I mean, so many times those things get neglected and they don't get taken off. And 
And you know what you do is you just whack it with a rubber mallet on the edge and it'll loosen up and and come off and make sure you have a drain pan there to catch the oil that runs out when you do it. And uh, somebody was like, oh, just take a screwdriver and, and hammer through it and then you can unscrew it. And, and it was like, no, genius. It's held on with a giant bolt through the middle. And the can itself is made out of like 11 gauge metal. It's very thick and heavy. You're not going to drive a screwdriver through it. And then the fucking guy got indignant and he was like, what the fuck do you know? I've done it a hundred times. I know how to take oil filters off that are stuck. And I'm like, no, jackass. It's not that kind of oil filter. And, and then he never responded after that. So I think he might have got it. But just this guy had no business responding to this question. Like he didn't even look at the picture or he didn't even know what he was doing. And then somebody else commented that the fucking he's like, oh, don't put the canister back on. Just screw a, a spin on filter in there. And I was like, what are you talking about? That there are female threads inside there that that big bolt goes to. You're not threading, a, you're not screwing a filter in there. And the size of the housing is so large, the, the top part that the canister bolts to is so large and the ports are so spread out, you're not fucking putting a spin-on filter there. It's just, that's not how it works. And he was like, you can say what you want, but I've done it. And I was like, bull fucking shit, you've done it. There's no way that you put a spin-on filter in that space. It's just impossible. And I posted a picture in my comment with a regular spin-on filter next to a canister housing, because I have several of them here. And I was like, tell me how this works. And of course, uh, never, you know, guy disappears. So if you're listening to this podcast and you think you can put a spin-on on a canister, you're an idiot. And I don't care if that irritate somebody that I said that about a listener, but you know what? I'm irritated that you're an idiot. So we're even, yeah. So there's that. <laughs> oh man. I get so worked up about this stuff and I shouldn't, I really shouldn't, but I just can't, I can't help it. I hate when people knowingly spew misinformation. It's one thing if you're like, oh, the part number is 1515, and it's really like 1517, okay, that's a mistake. It's You misread it, whatever. But when you're telling someone that you can just spin on an oil filter to a, a receptacle that has no threads to attach an oil filter to, that that's just irritating. So anyway, so yeah, if you're on Facebook and you see me giving somebody a bunch of shit, that's why. So, um, Saturday's cast, I talked about, um, briefly touched on U-joints and drive shaft stuff, and I had said a comment about greasing your U-joints and, and the Zerks and all that stuff. And uh, that gave me an idea for today's cast about some tools that you should have if you're an international owner. And 
I know some of you guys are like, oh, I'm not mechanical at all. I pay somebody to do that. And you think that, you know, you don't have time or you don't want to learn or you really don't care. And I feel like that's a terrible attitude to have because you end up calling me at 1030 at night because your truck won't start or it pulls all of a sudden or it's making a weird noise that you don't understand and if you had a general knowledge and i mean general like really general i'm not saying you got to know the torque specs of the u-joint caps and straps and all that stuff i'm just saying the knee bone connected to the hip bone connected to the elbow bone like that kind of general knowledge if you know that stuff you can make it uh make your life a lot easier so some of the tools that i think you guys should have and uh you know and, and they're helpful in other areas too but like uh you should have a grease gun you really should they're not that expensive they're not they don't take up a bunch of space yeah they're kind of messy if you got a garage most of you guys do uh just you can keep it in there, keep it in a plastic bag, but you really should have it for greasing U-joints, greasing tie rod ends. Uh, some of you fancy guys with their different suspensions have greasable shackles. Um, so, you know, you should really consider having a grease gun so you can put a couple of pumps into the Zerks every six months or less depending on how many miles you drive um, I'm greasing my black truck every month because of just the sheer miles I put on and the abuse that I dish out with all the towing that I do so <clears throat> um, grease gun it's not that bad uh, it doesn't hurt you to have one doesn't hurt you to learn how to use it uh, another thing and uh, I, I agree strongly with this one is an air compressor I'm not saying you need a 70-gallon Ingersoll Rand twin screw, you know, massive, massive compressor. I'm saying get the little pancake compressor from Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever. They're not that expensive. They got a little, you know, they got a chuck on them. They turn themselves off. Uh, you know, get the little coiled-up hose. Get the little fitting attachment that you can buy you know, and have that on hand so that you can air up tires, um, blow off, you know, the engine. If you're detailing it out, you know, you took it out and it got dusty. Now you got a compressor. You can blow the thing out. Um, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to have this little compressor. They are so versatile and so handy and not just for you uh, and your scout, but for like Blowing up an air mattress or, you know, household chores, um, cleaning out the garage, you can blow it out. Like there's just so many uses for air compressor that you really should have one. Um, you know, it's just, it's just important. Uh, it's just one of those things you should have. Um, what else is there? Oh, you need, um, you know, have a couple funnels. I know that sounds so basic. Some of you guys are like screaming at me right now because I'm talking about the most basic of shit. Um, but no, you really should have some funnels. 
have a short wide funnel for putting oil in the engine because your international will use oil it just does um, and you should have a long thin funnel for transmission fluid uh, if you have an automatic um, you know those are really important really important because you should check your fluids you really should keep an eye on that stuff remember if you have an automatic you got to check it idling in neutral don't check it in park with it off like an engine because you will get a false reading um so you know you got those couple of things and then of course again basic basic hand tools three eighths through three quarters box end wrench open end wrench combo uh the same for socket set three eighths to three quarters three eighths drive um just for checking loose bolts stuff does come loose on these things it just you know have a couple of screwdrivers couple of phillips couple of flats just to handle the most basic of stuff uh you know it really it, it just you hand it in your man card if you don't have some of this stuff it's like why i don't know i mean even i've known some some very professional business type guys that you would think would never in a million years touch their cars and you're right they don't they pay people to do it but they have tools in their garage because sometimes you can't pay somebody uh you know you just it's what it is so um think about that you know keep basic hand tools in or better yet if you have a scout too you get the medicine cabinet from us you fill it full of the basic tools and then you always have them no matter where your scout is you always have them if you have a pickup sorry you can haul a little toolbox around or you know get one of those cross bed toolboxes or whatever well excuse me um but you should always have some tools at your disposal um even if it's a goddamn multi-tool you know i carry a sog power lock uh, multi-tool in my pocket uh that is not a paid advertisement by the way <clears throat> uh, i carry a sog multi-tool all the time and you know it does a lot of things okay it's not great at anything really but it it's got a screwdriver it's got a phillips screwdriver it's got some very good pliers it's you know wire cutters it's all the things that you could need if you're stranded. And the other thing is, is you're like, what do I, I don't even know what I need, Dan. If I get stranded, how do I know what I need? Well, everyone uses social media. Everyone. I mean, that's how you found me. So I know you use it. You're going to ask a question and I see it every day. Help, I'm stranded scout won't start or i'm on the side of the highway it just died i heard a clunk something fell off i don't know what goes here all of those questions and if you have the tools you can get the answer you need or you can call me and give me the, i can give you the answer whatever and you can fix it yourself on the side of the road with the advice of the social medias as long as it's not dickhead advice like that one guy with the fucking jam a screwdriver through your oil filter tip um 
So it's possible. And then don't forget, there's things like YouTube. Uh, you know, you break down somewhere, you YouTube the problem, and they walk you through it. So you can do it. Man, you can tell it's the end of the day. It's almost 7 o'clock. I've had a day yawning everywhere. So I apologize for that. But, um, yeah, you can fix a lot of stuff on your international with the basic hand tools. Um, something else too is a little more advanced, but I li really like you guys to have it because when you call me with an electrical problem and then you can't tell me <laughs> what's going on. Um, so a stab tester or a, you know, continuity tester, I think they call them sometimes. It's just, it's a plastic handled thing with a sharp pokey end and a, and a wire with the alligator clip on it. And it's how you test if you got power. You know, it doesn't tell you if you got 12 volts or 5 volts. I mean, you can kind of guess by how bright the light bulb lights up in it. But when you ground the alligator clip and then you touch the pointy end to open wire or open connection, it should light up because you've got power. If it doesn't light up, then you don't have power. And then it's also pointy, so you can actually stab it into the wire. And then that will give you, you'll touch the copper, and then it'll either light up or it won't. Like, that's a really basic electrical tool that everybody should have and everyone should know how to use. Um, again, YouTube is great for all this how-to stuff. Um, just... Yeah, if you want to know how to use a stab tester, there's a YouTube video for it. But that's what I'm saying, guys, is basics. Just just having an air compressor and a grease gun, you know, a couple of funnels. That's it. That's everything you need to keep your <laughs> scout on the road 80% of the time. really is. A couple of quarts of fluid on the shelf or in your medicine cabinet and and you got the world by the balls. So, you know, these things aren't that hard. <laughs> They're not that complicated. You can figure it out. So, um So, uh, something else now moving on to a little bit more advanced tech. Um yeah, I was just doing floor pans on an 800 uh out there and it made me think about some stuff, you know, drilling out spot welds and um, cutting out the pans. So I use a plasma cutter when I'm taking big chunks of the floor out. It's just fast and easy. Um, it's not quite as intrusive as a cutoff wheel on a grinder. So if you have access to a plasma cutter, I would say that you should, oh, excuse me, I'd say you should use it. Um, if you don't, then yeah, four and a half inch angle grinder with some thin cutoff wheels. Um, that's your next best bet. Cut out that centers. Uh, if it's a scout two, you've got ribs there. So that brings me to this spot weld part. Um, you can find spot welds if you take a piece of scotch bright and you scuff up the, the seam or the surface, as long as it's not super rusty. If it's just red, pitted, rust flaky stuff, 
you pretty much have to take a chisel and start peeling the panel up and then wherever it doesn't peel is where your spot weld is. Um, but for the painted panels and the seams, you can take a piece of Scotch-Brite and lightly scuff it and every indentation where there is a spot weld will reveal itself. Um, so, you know, that's your first step is identifying the spot welds. Now, if it's a Scout 2, you've got ribs in the way. If it's a Scout 800 or 80, there's no ribs. You can just cut the perimeter out and uh, the thing will fall out. But on the passenger side, there is a bump out for transfer case clearance. Um, do not cut that out. That makes your life so much harder when it comes time to put the floor in because there is no, uh, the, the new floor doesn't come with that. At least the ones you order from Super Scout. Um, that's where I get all of my sheet metal is from the light line because I'm a light line vendor. Um, but so Super Scout Specialist or wherever you get them from, IH Parts America sells floor pans and they're the same. Um, so they make that bump on a separate panel. But if you're just doing floors, you don't want to cut that bump out. Uh, so be mindful of that. Don't get too ambitious and cut that thing out because then you'll have to put it back in later. So some idiot that did these floors on this 80, they started, they cut out some big chunks of floor. They cut out that hump. So now I have to make it from scratch myself. Um, but anyway, once you identify the spot welds, then you can, um, there's different methods. There's uh, spot weld cutters that you can get from like Eastwood or Napa, uh, which we use sometimes. They can just go on a drill and um, they got like a little tiny hole saw on them and they just cut out the spot welds. And uh, something I've started really using a lot of, God, I apologize, guys. I don't know why I'm yawning so much, but... Um, Something that I use the heck out of is you just take like an eighth inch drill bit and you just make a, just, just drill like a tiny bit. Don't drill through. Just make a dent, an indent with that eighth inch drill bit. Then do that on every spot weld, just down the line. Just everyone you see, everyone you find, boom, 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 hit them. Then put a you know, quarter, quarter inches normally, okay, uh, drill bit, make sure it's sharp, and then you just go back over your eighth inch holes or eighth inch divots that you made with this quarter, and again, don't drill through the panel, but drill into it enough that the bit takes out a fair amount of the top metal out of the spot weld and out of the, the top and you'll know if it's doing it because sometimes rust will pop up through your drill um, or it'll separate the panel will separate on its own um, or you can take a really thin chisel or you know putty knife we take cheap um, like hardware store crowbars and file or grind them down to make them even thinner um, and again, there's professional tools out there for this process, but we're, you know, hillbillies in a barn. So we just take cheap crowbars and grind them flat. And uh, you can actually get the panel to separate with that, you know, ball peen hammer and, and slip that 
crowbar in between the two panels and it'll separate. And if it doesn't separate, then you need to drill a little more. And uh, just do that down the line. Just hit them with the drill, check to see if they're separating, and then move to the next one all the way around. And, um, you know, those drill bits are cheap. They're most super common. You don't have to use a quarter. You could use slightly larger. Um, just don't go too big. You don't want to use like a 3 8 and then have this big mess to clean up afterwards. Um, but yeah, just drill them spot welds and then um, go behind with the your flat chisel or, or crowbar or panel separator or whatever and start popping those spot welds and uh, get it out. Clean up that material, get it ready, you know, get all the, if you got to treat it with acid or the Eastwood product and then, you know, get your weldable primer on it and then you can go back at it with your new floor pans. But those are, that's my tip for getting the spot welds and stuff out. And that works everywhere. Uh, some areas are hard to access the way they get spot welded together. So you have to use, I mean, we have a 90 degree air drill that's super short. Um, and then we take the drill bits and cut them off. So they're super short and I'm good at sharpening drill bits on the grinder. Um, so I can, I, I sharpen all of my drill bits by hand on a grinder, on a, a bench grinder. So we cut the drill bits down way short. I resharpen them and then we can really access a lot of holes. So there's another tip for you guys. If you can afford a, a 90 degree drill, you know, for this one job, it might be worth it. I don't know, but if you're going to do you know, several panel replacements or things in the future, there we use it a lot for when we install roll cages, um, drilling the, the foot mounts in tight spaces. Um, it really helps a lot too. So something to look into, um, you know, a bunch of drill bits and just get after it. Uh, it's messy. It's dirty. Wear your safety glasses. Wear some earplugs face shield if you want um you know when those panels start coming out the the stuff just pops in your face and you get eyes full of rust and everything else so um keep that in mind uh so there there's a couple of tips for you guys um hopefully that's semi-helpful um and uh yeah so I'm sure I'll have some better info the next time around. Um, something, you know, I'm always thinking about stuff to coach you guys on because there's so many questions out there and, and uh, you know, everything you can learn. Never stop learning. I mean, shit, I learn every day. There's stuff that, I mean, I've been doing this forever and, and I've had just about every model of international out there. I mean, everything from K's all the way to 1980 Scout diesels. I mean, I've had all of them, turbo 80s or 800s and just whatever. I've seen them damn near all of them. And I still learn stuff, you know, differences between the 64 and 65 pickups and whatever, just the way they're put together, changes at the factory that never got noted. Um, or even in when I'm looking in the books and I see you know technical service bulletins about updates just like the oil level that i talked about in one of the earlier earlier podcasts you know uh just stuff so you're always learning never never um 
never consider yourself an expert because it's there's always something new. I you know I talk to I talk to a lot of shops, Jeff, IH Parts, those guys. They, Jeff's always telling me about something new he figured out, and he's been doing it longer than I have, and he's been way bigger of a shop than I have, and he's still learning stuff. So, you know, it's just it, there's always something to learn. So you just start small and you work your way up. So anyway, well, thanks again, everybody, for listening. Uh, <clears throat> remember to like it, share it, tell your friends, tell your automotive friends. I know they might not be international people, but you know what? It's some of these things I talk about cover all of the makes. So, um, you know, tell your friends, five-star reviews. Love it, love it. I really appreciate the growth. Uh, I hope we can keep growing. I would love to see this thing become something real um, and not just a evening hobby for me that, you know, fills half hour of your guys' day, three days a week. But uh, if you feel inclined, we've got the Patreon account. Um, love it if you donated. Um, follow Instagram, Binder Boneyard. Uh, Facebook, The Binder Boneyard, YouTube, Binder Boneyard. If you need to buy parts, check the eBay store. We've been listing a ton of shit on eBay. Like, Jamie put like 15 things on today alone. So, um, check the eBay store, Binder Boneyard. Um, so, you know, every, every little bit is out there. Um, and we really appreciate it. Really do. Um, and uh, I again, thanks everyone. And till you hear me again. Oh, and if you have any questions, anything you want to say, whatever, it's uh, the I'm sorry, it's Binder Boneyard Podcast at Gmail. Send your questions, send your hate mail, whatever, and uh, we will respond there. So again, thank you, much appreciated, and uh, catch you guys next time. Mm-hmm.